I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Welcome back to Written by the number one podcast in the world. Right behind all the other ones. Right behind all the other ones. It's Rival Pitch Week, it's baby. Our first Rival Pitch episode. The first episode of Rival Pitches. Our prompt is Marvel movies. So if you're new, if this is your first episode, just a reminder about what this episode entails rival pitches are bi-weekly show every other week we either pull from the bowl and we write a short film in an hour or like the one you're listening to right now is rival pitches our prompt was marvel movie so robert wrote his pitch for a marvel movie that he would like to do i wrote my pitch for a marvel movie that i would like to do and we're going to pitch them to each other we're going to give each other notes and then at the end of the episode, you will hear one-minute elevator pitches for both of our Marvel movies. And if you go on the Instagram, at WrittenByPod, you get to vote for which pitch that you would like to see. At the end of the season, all of the votes are going to be counted up. And whoever wins, wins something that we haven't decided yet. But this is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, you, you ready to get into this? I'm so ready. Welcome to Rival Pitches! Today's Rival Pitches, our first Rival Pitches, our prompt was an MCU movie using any Marvel character. Yes, just super broad. Just imagine Kevin Feige went up to us and is like, man, I really like single with fags. (laughs) Uh, We're looking for for a new Marvel movie. What you you got? (laughs) you, You know, that's what they did with James Gunn. DC did to James Gunn. They just said, hey, what characters do you want? You yeah. can do whatever you want. You want to do Superman? You can do Superman. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to do Suicide Squad. Um, And so, yeah, that's what happened to us. Yeah. Kevin Feige gave us open. And so now we're going to try to compete <laughs> to see which one deserves to get made. Uh, Do you want to go first, Rob? Sure. I guess I could go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part, part of my reason for wanting to do this is I do kind of want to, like, develop the you know the the pitching muscle a little more because even yeah. right now i'm like i'm just I'm, I'm i'm hoping that i like get it all in and communicate it right because, well i mean it's our podcast you know yeah. take your time what are they gonna do i just remember will smith on his youtube channel talked about how he turned down neo in the matrix and he was talking yeah. about how the pitch made no sense and he's like okay i know the matrix is cool now but if you listen to that pitch they were just like all right what if like guns are flying and like everything froze <laughs> and moved around and he was like this sounds like nonsense <laughs> yeah i don't blame him that does sound like nonsense <laughs> <laughs> all right so the uh the mcu uh hero i want to make a movie about is daredevil nice now, it looks like he he is he is officially in the MCU now as mm-hmm. of Spider-Man. That's not really a spoiler if you haven't seen it. It's in the first like 10 minutes. Yeah. Everybody's t- the spoiler ban has been lifted. Yeah, nice. But yeah, I think Daredevil represents something that the MCU really needs right now, which is he's known as like a street level yeah. superhero. Yeah. And what we've had a lot of recently has been really big, yes. like out there, aliens fighting in space or like these giant like superhero team ups where it's celestial like, gods. Yeah. And even like every every MCU movie, like the new Spider-Man movie, this Doctor Strange movie coming out, it's just like an amalgamation of all these different yeah. characters. And it's a lot of stuff. I just I want to bring it back. One thing I thought was really smart about the early mcu setting everything up was iron man 3 yeah that movie i think was the only one that like really well explored like the ptsd and trauma of the characters like after yeah like the fight in new york 
and like yeah. Tony Stark having those panic attacks like that to me was really when the shared universe thing clicked because it's like, oh, these characters are actually like affected by these giant things that happened. Yeah. It really made the world feel lived in to me. And I think we're starting to like lose that a little. Like, well, I felt the same way watching Hawkeye. Seeing uh-huh. Clint Barton, you know, be beat up because he's not a superhero yeah, was really yeah. cool. So I agree. We need to bring it back down to the street level heroes. Yeah. And I was thinking, it's like so much has happened in the MCU. If you think about it, first of all, aliens exist now. Yeah. Half the population disappeared for like five or seven <laughs> years or something. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... At the end of Eternals, you know, mild spoiler alert, although not huge, but at the end of Eternals, yeah, one of the giant celestials literally like walks up to Earth and you like see him like over the New York skyline. Yeah, it was like that episode of Rick and Morty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for real. For real. And I was just thinking like, what kind of effect would things that big have on a society? Because... I think I think now, like post 2020, we kind of have an idea of like the ripple effect, like a big event could have on a culture mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, like just how chaotic 2020 was, and there was a lot of stuff in 2020 that didn't directly deal with the pandemic, but because there was all this like pent up energy and anxiety from the pandemic, like different things popped off. Yeah, there's a chicken nuggets shortage. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that does yeah. that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So basically what I want to do for Daredevil movie is usually use it as an opportunity to explore the everyday like citizen, what they're going through in this universe, post Thanos, post Eternals, all of that. Mm. So I would I would open the film where it's like Matt Murdock is the lawyer, he's with Foggy, he's yes. doing a case. He's about to win it. I have an idea for a scene where it's like, okay, we're about to do the the closing statements. Hey, yo, Matt, you gotta you gotta do your thing. And it's like, no, I'm not gonna do the thing. It's too played out. It's like, no, you gotta do the thing. And so he's talking. He's giving his closing statement, and he's like, yes, I know. He looks like the type of person that would do this crime, but you gotta remember, justice is blind. I know a thing about being blind. <laughs> And the jury is just like, whoa. And like eating the, it up. The judge rolls his eyes because he's seen this move before. The uh, the uh, the opposing team is like, oh, crap, he did the thing. <laughs> okay, so to picture this, uh, the same cast from the Netflix show? I think so, uh, okay, just because, cool. you know, we have we have Kingpin and Matt Murdock. So it seems like the they're, bringing, yeah, they're bringing yeah. The, the original cast, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, hopefully. yeah. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> like oh man he did the thing so (laughs) he's on a high after just winning this case he's walking home from new york and of course matt murdoch is blind but he can he has like the echolocation yeah he's able to see pretty much yeah he could pretty much see yeah like as long as he could bounce noise off of it but he's walking through the streets of new york and then he senses some uneasiness like people are running around Mm. people are screaming a car crash or something he senses some chaos, but he can't tell what it is. And we're kind of seeing it like in close-ups from his perspective, but we don't know what it is. And then we go out to the wide, and this is the part at the end of Eternals where the Celestial shows up and is looking oh. down at New York City. Everyone's freaking out about this because like this giant like alien god figure bigger than the earth is looking down at them wow yeah but matt murdoch can't sense it because it's all the way up in space yeah so he's like the only one that doesn't really know what's going on well you know him and the other blind people i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about that yeah that's awesome yeah so that that's our intro to the film and what it's gonna do so what I loved about the Netflix series, this is in some comics, but it was mainly introduced in the Netflix series, mm-hmm. is Daredevil being a devout Catholic. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting angle because, like, if you think about we thought we were alone on this planet, there are aliens all over the place, they're more powerful than us, and then mm-hmm. this giant god figure just, like, showed kinda, up. What does that do to religion? Faith. Yeah. yeah, especially Catholics. Yeah. It's either going to go one or two ways. You're either going to be like, huh, the entire worldview has shifted. Like this stuff doesn't mean anything anymore. Or you're going to like run to it more and be like, oh, 
this is the end times. Yeah, like, are, I'm, I'm doubling down. Yeah. That giant thing was St. Mary. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. so Matt Burdock is in church. It's not like a mass or anything. He's just there doing yeah, his yeah. confessional, praying or whatever. But he's having his doubts now. His faith is being shaken for the first time. And the interesting thing about Matt Murdock, at least like mainly how he was characterized in the Netflix show, is that he has a very strong sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. He's all about justice, but sometimes he has to go above the law to handle things. Yeah. Most times. <laughs> yeah. And what makes his and Kingpin's dynamic so great is they're both kind of the same. Like, it's a cliche that, like, oh, we aren't so different. But they we're literally... so different, you and They're I. both people that feel very strongly about what they think is right or wrong in protecting their people. Mm-hmm. And they both feel like they have to go above the law to, like, fix things. And I think for Daredevil, the only thing that makes him feel superior is he doesn't kill anybody, and he yeah. knows... I'm ultimately, I'm getting my sense of right and wrong from God, from the Catholic faith. Like, this is what lets me know that, like, I'm doing the right thing and Kingpin is not, even though we're very similar. But we're we're being introduced to him where all that's kind of being shaken. And, like, he doesn't really know what's going on anymore. Anyway, post-Thanos, post-the-Eternals thing, Mm -hmm. uh... Everyone is essentially just living each day like it's the last. So there's a huge uptick <laughs> in crime because what are they going to do? You yeah. know, the world might end tomorrow. And also there's just a huge uptick in really reckless behavior. Okay. People just like partying and everything, going crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Just a really weird time. It's like we saw what 2020 did. Now just imagine if instead of a pandemic... It was like a giant a celestial 90% being. success, like <laughs> no death, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah, it's that. So who I want to be the main villain of this is there's a daredevil villain that's kind of like Marvel's answer to Scarecrow, which is someone who like invents a fear, a fear yeah, serum. What's the, what's the character's name? I think it's just Mr. Fear. Yeah, it's Mr. Fear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know that. Yeah. Yeah. There are many different iterations of him, but uh, in each one... It's a dude that invents a fear serum, something that like it targets the part of your brain that feels fear yeah. and it gives it more. That's similar to Scarecrow. It's very similar. Yeah. But where the Marvel one could kind of differ is he could also like target the fear sector of your brain and like take it away and basically have you uh, feel no fear. And so he's capitalizing on all yeah. of the fear happening. So what I'm thinking is this dude. We're going to be introduced to Larry Cranston, who is someone that Matt Murdock knew in college. He approaches Matt Murdock and is like, hey, I'm in a little bit of legal trouble. I think I might need some help. I invented this drug and now like the DA (laughs) DA. is on me, whatever. (laughs) But he invents this drug as like, this is something that takes the fear away. Like for therapy or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like everyone in the world is going through all this trauma. Mm-hmm. losing loved ones like in the blink of an eye for seven years everything's uncertain all these people around with these secret superpowers we never knew they had this is something that's going to alleviate that but it's like super powerful and it's starting to like spread illegally now our friend kingpin gets word of this <laughs> our friend kingpin yeah. <laughs> yes now spoiler alert for the the hawkeye series but kingpin is introduced now and where yes. we leave him he was shot yeah, but you can't kill Kingpin. Exactly. He was shot off screen, and we just saw him like take like a bunch of arrows point blank, and he a just bomb. ripped them out. Yeah, he's not dude, dead. He's, that dude's a tank. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think Vanessa, <laughs> or my Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Kingpin, he got seriously damaged in okay. that. I think he's in a place now at the beginning of this movie where he's kind of down and out. But he's like Voldemort. Exactly. Yeah. He's got to build he's down, himself back he's up. He's wounded. He's trying to build himself back up. Yeah. He's going to take advantage of this whole Fear hysteria drug. that's going on. Yeah. And what I'm going to have him do is he's going to make a bid for New York mayor. Oh, so. Kingpin. Stepping out of the shadows and going yes. for mayor. Yes. Now, 
he had an attempted run at the Netflix series. Yes. But uh, I think I think there's room to explore it again. Because like most people who try to get into politics, they have to run a few times before True. they're successful. He's the Hillary Clinton of the MCU. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pretty much like I want to keep this apolitical, but he is kind of he's Hillary and Donald Trump like kind yeah. of combined in one ball of like the worst of each of them. Yeah. So that's why I think it's cool. But yeah, he's going to make a bid for mayor and he's essentially, he's running on the platform that all this stuff that's going on, like there's no order anymore. And it's because we're letting these vigilantes run everything. Yeah. He's going to essentially, he's going to try to bring back the Tony Stark thing that started civil war, yes. which is like, we should make superheroes the, illegal. The something act. What was it? The Sh- Sh- Geneva Act? <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I forget. Sokovia Sh- Accord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. So he's trying to bring that back. And of course, he's going to use that to like take down Daredevil, Spider-Man, classic villains. But he's going to take advantage of this hysteria and be like, hey, none of this happened before these heroes were running rampant. Yeah. We got to put a stop to this. And if you remember 2020 huge wave of misinformation going on yes. about everything that happened. I would imagine in a world where aliens exist, a country everyone thought was poor turned out to have tech far more advanced than yeah. any of us. Like Wakanda. everyone's believing in conspiracy theories at this point. For sure. He's yeah. going to run on this. I picture J. Jonah Jameson with his InfoWars type show. Oh yeah. He's Just endorsing Kingpin. Yeah. yeah. And that's how he's going to. That's how he's going to like. In the comics, he's he's uh, he he helps Kingpin like that. Yeah, he backs Kingpin up exactly. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think he's going to run on the platform that like he he just got shot in Hawkeye. He's going to look visibly wounded. He's going mm-hmm. to say, "A hero did this to me. Hawkeye did this to me." Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> Yeah, and also all those times before where I was at jail, uh, I was framed. And I don't you, think he'd gone to jail. He went to jail in, in the, the Netflix, Netflix show, but I don't yeah, think yeah. that's canon necessarily. So you can play with that if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can either let, I don't know. It depends on what, what big boy Kevin wants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what big boy Kevin wants, yeah. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, like he could he could say whatever he wants at this point because yeah. the whole conspiracy wagon could like make it work and his goal is to like make new york like a safe haven for all the elite for the rich people for his family and he's going to like do these policies that like he was already like gentrifying hell's kitchen now he's like just going to further like push all the poor people away make new york like this safe haven make for, like, new york great again exactly yeah so when like the apocalypse comes like he and the other rich people are safe and so like the whole crux of the movie is like daredevil is trying to on the legal side try to work against kingpin in the courts meanwhile this fear drug is running around and he's friends with larry cranston the dude that invents it i'm picturing a set piece where kingpin is trying to get the drug Mm-hmm. He goes as Daredevil to protect him. They managed to seal it. In the comics, Larry Cranston was high on this drug and he jumped off of a building oh. because he thought he could fly, but he couldn't. So, dang, son. <laughs> we're going to do something similar to that where there's a big set piece. We got some super, super villains that work for Kingpin. We got like Bullseye. Uh, some, I don't know enough about these heroes. I would have to like look into it more but we'd have bullseye we'd have some other dude yeah uh we'd have maybe the tracksuits the tracksuit mafia i also uh classic daredevil villain i want stilt man i want to get a, a comedian like a zach fox or someone to play stilt man all he does is he has a, a suit with stilts <laughs> <laughs> hey fair enough yeah so everyone's fighting trying to get this drug and they almost get away with it but then high on his own drug uh dude runs off of a, a building because he thinks he could jump to the other side and he doesn't oh. make it and so that's when uh henchman that works for kingpin star saxon gets the drug he puts on a mask and he's like he the proper Dr. mr fear. fear or mr fear yeah because he he in the comics is like another iteration of mr fear so he becomes like the real like mr fear villain yeah yeah, yeah. I, this sounds great. Yeah. So just to wrap it up, you know, that's like kind of the setup and like up to the midpoint. So Daredevil trying to fight Kingpin. 
in the courts, but of course Kingpin has everything rigged, and so it's not working. Daredevil's trying to get this fear drug under control, but Kingpin's getting control of that. Meanwhile, so Daredevil is a character that believes in justice, yeah, and his whole sense of that is being shaken. And I like the dramatic question of this whole movie would be like, how do you find meaning in order in a world of chaos that makes no sense? Like in a world that seems to like have no rules, like how do you find out what's good? How do you justify right and wrong? Because like his whole his whole mechanism for that has been shattered. And so kind of in the low point of this movie, we're going to have Daredevil kind of go off the deep end a little i think we're gonna like somehow his red suit gets destroyed and so we get black suit daredevil oh okay word he's going off the cannon and he does the one thing that daredevil never does he's done it like maybe five or six times in the comics which is he kills someone word <laughs> uh-huh. so we're going dark he's torn up about this now i think uh throughout the whole film daredevil struggling with his faith but he when he's in these situations where he's like feeling this darkness he senses like this uh this demon figure he just senses like someone with like a and it's mephisto (laughs) close close (laughs) he senses this demon figure following him and that's what like kind of makes him go a little little crazy crazy like that we find out after he kills someone he goes to his church in the middle of the night and he's like are you even there, God? You know, yeah. it's me. Was none of this? Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was I just like serving nothing? You know, like maybe I should just be like killing everyone or something. He senses the demon figure like close by, and he's like, "There you are. Show yourself." He comes down, and it is Nightcrawler from the X Men oh, because word. he is the uh the other catholic superhero he is that's yeah. a good yeah nice yeah. a little cameo yeah and so the other catholic superhero shows up and nice. they get to talk it and he's like yeah i've been following you i've been helping you out we could even like retroactively do things where like people like disappear and he doesn't know why or how and it was nightcrawler the whole time and he's like yeah i can't show my face because uh people usually freak out and daredevil's like well i'm blind so you know nice (laughs) but anyway so nightcrawler is going to be the figure that helps daredevil out of this rut and helps him like kind of come to grips with like yeah this world makes no sense but like you know sometimes like faith isn't about just like the strict like right wrong it's about like having to like feel things out and just believe that like whatever happens like things are going to turn out okay and so climax of the movie i think kingpin on the crux of winning he's about to like introduce this like fear drug he's about to like gas new york or whatever somehow it's gonna like help him politically or whatever you know he's running on a fear-based platform so i figure that works or whatever yeah that's smart yeah but kingpin somehow finds uh he finds matt murdoch's girlfriend at least in the netflix series and in some of the comics uh what was her name karen page yeah Mm -hmm. he finds her there's a comic series where karen page is like hooked on drugs and kingpin manages to like get matt murdoch's identity from her we're gonna do something similar but it's like she's she's on the fear thing oh nice he manages to get daredevil's identity and he takes everyone close to him he I takes think the the netflix show deals with her like alcohol alcohol yeah yeah uh, yeah alcoholicism what, yeah what it does is a the word i'm trying to say alcoholism thank yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> i'm a writer <laughs> yeah so she has a history of that and of course like you know this is a world full of trauma everyone yeah. has ptsd so it makes sense that like this type of thing would spread. And especially if it's being presented as kind of like a, like an anxiety drug, you know? Like, hey, take this. It'll help you feel exactly. better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, but Kingpin manages to kidnap everyone that's close to Matt Murdock. He's on the verge of releasing the identity, but he's like, hey, you come now or I do this. But, of course, Kingpin doesn't know that now Nightcrawler is on the side of Daredevil. And so they teleport the, there at the, the ultimate boys. climax yeah yeah the two <laughs> catholic, catholic <boy>. superheroes <laughs> they're duking it out basically 
the end is going to be somehow, you know, the final showdown between Matt Murdock and Kingpin. Kingpin. And, and Dr. Fear, or Mr. Fear. Yeah, yeah. And Nightcrawler, our Catholic team-up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you have the final showdown between those two characters. And, of course, you get the whole, like... You know, we're not even that different sort of thing. But it's like, hey, I'm just so I'm just trying to protect the people I love too. This whole world it's crazy, doesn't make sense. I I have my wife and kid. I'm just I'm just looking out for the people close to me. You're looking out for the people close to you. And then Daredevil like has a moment where he defeats Kingpin but decides not to kill him. And that's the whole character arc. He's like, you know what? This world might be messed up it might make no sense it might seem like there aren't any rules but i i have the standard for myself word i'm not going to do this and that's the whole whole arc whole transformation and yeah i guess that that's that's my pitch in the, that's in good that that's very well thought out mine's not that well thought out <laughs> uh, mine how long was that uh it was uh, about 20 minutes okay okay cool. yeah yeah Okay, I'm not going to tell you what mine is yet. Okay. I'm going to go into the pitch okay. and have it be a surprise what All character right. I did. Okay. Okay. Can't wait for this. Uh, so mine's not as like thought out, but I did write a lot. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's just not as deep as, as yours. All right. We open with Steve Rogers uh-huh. in World War II. Okay. okay. He's, this, is when, this is when he's like, he's Captain America. Like the big super soldier Captain America, but it's before he dies in World War II, like before he goes into the ice. Yeah. All right. So there's an intense battle happening. It's a big shootout. Um, uh, he, he's doing his whole super soldier thing. He sees a soldier uh, taking on a machine gunner, and he looks like he's about to get taken out. So he throws his shield. Boom. The shield takes out the machine gunner, but it gets stuck. So he doesn't have it. He turns. There's another machine gunner. Just starts lighting him up, right? He realizes, like, it's like super slow motion, tight on Steve's face. Like, this is it. Like, this is going to be the death of Captain America. And then another soldier jumps in front of him and just takes all the bullets, drops to the ground. Uh, (laughs) Steve is like terrified at first. He's like, oh man. But that like sacrifice gave him the second that he needed to maneuver around it and take out the machine gunner. Right, uh, he takes out the machine gunner. He looks down at the soldier who just sacrificed himself for him, and he, it's uh, it's Taron Egerton, okay, the actor from like the Kingsman movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in his you know World War II soldier uniform, but his hair is all messed up and pointed. Okay, on the sides. Uh, Steve looks at his face for like a long second. Just, and then just kind of gives him like a nod, like, thank you for the sacrifice. Cut to back to the base camp. Steve's talking to the general about what happened, the rundown of the the situation. And then Taryn, that same soldier, walks right by. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, what? Taryn gives him a little, a little wink and just walks right off. Boom, we slam into the Marvel intro. Wolverine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) um, so, uh, after the, the intro, we see, um, we see kind of, uh, it's the aftermath from when Captain America went into the ice in World War II, like the end of that mission, he goes into the ice and everybody assumes he's dead. We see that same soldier, Logan, as we know him, Wolverine. Um, he, while this is all going on, he gets initiated into the Weapon X program, which is ran by Hydra. Like he kind of gets roped in by all of the like political stuff. Yeah. We've seen a bunch in the MCU. Uh, so they set him up to the table, and you just hear something like, uh, "Weapon X is ready for the atom. Is adamanium? Adamanium?" the adamantium transfusion and then someone's like why don't we use vibranium vibranium and they're like we can't use vibranium we used all of it on the winter soldier program because that's all all, the winter soldier uh (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so they fill him up with the adamantium, just like in the other Wolverine movies, like the Fox ones. You know, he comes out of the water tank super <laughs> ferociously. He, he's got the adamantium claws now. He's going to break out the building. Like, he's furious. As he's leaving the lab and escaping the lab, one of the head scientists shoots him in the head with the adamantium bullet, which was like their safety precaution. Logan takes the bullet to the back of the head, but keeps running, goes into the woods. We see him running until finally things kind of get blacker and blacker and blacker. He passes out. Because in the comics and in the movies, I'm pretty sure, the adamantium bullet causes him to lose his memory. Because it's the only thing that affects him and it's like in his brain. So he loses his memory. Because at this point, he'd been alive for like centuries. Like he was Mm -hmm. in the Civil War. He's in all that. But now he's lost all of his memories. He wakes up, or uh, yeah, he wakes up in a small town. He's looking around. It's World War II still. He says something along the lines of, Where am I? Who am I? Fade to black. Fade mm-hmm. back in. There's text that says present day. Yeah. All right. So now it's present day MCU uh, up until after Spider Man. Like, after everything that we've seen up to this point, what's today's date? January 11th, 2022. Yeah. This is where this takes place. Same Logan. He hasn't aged at all. It's still Taron, the the actor. And uh, he's in this small town still. He's a lumberjack. And he's working in the woods. He's just living his life. He heads home from work like he always does. Uh, he's making himself some food in the house. He turns his TV on. And it's the announcement that Captain America is dead. Because they've been hinting at it, like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier Uh and all that. And it's like the official announcement, Steve Rogers has died. And during the announcement, they show some clips of him in World War II. In one of those clips, Wolverine sees himself and just starts having flashbacks. (laughs) He starts getting his memory back and it's kind of causing him to freak out. And so, like, the claws come out. He's tearing apart his house. He's going crazy. He runs outside. He, he runs into the road. A car almost hits him, swerves out the way. They pull out their car. They're on Facebook Live or, or something. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, what is this? You see him full Wolverine freakout yeah. mode. And then he runs into the woods. We cut and we see the same uh, Facebook Live on a computer screen. Uh, a hand hit pause. A hand hits pause, and uh, and we just hear a voice. We found the Wolverine. Get him! Camera tilts up. You see Nick Fury, uh-huh. Samuel Jackson, and he goes before she does. The rest of the movie is a race between Nick Fury and Cattle. Uh, Katessa, is that the name of the... Uh, she was at the end of Black Widow, and she was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. She's the okay. one that's gathering the group of the uh, the Thunderbolts or the yeah. Dark Avengers or whatever. Okay. It becomes a race between them to try to get Wolverine on their respective teams. Okay. Because X-Men hasn't been introduced yet. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we get to see a Wolverine versus John Walker fight. So, you know, U.S. agent versus Wolverine, that's yeah. dope. Uh, you see um, Falcon as the new Captain America. He shows up. He's in it. He's, Winter Soldier is a part of it. They're all fighting. Wolverine doesn't know who to trust, so he's just fighting everybody because he that's what he does. <laughs> um, finally, I don't, I don't have a lot of details about okay, what okay. the rest of the movie. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the movie, Wolverine turns up. Or he ends up with Fury and the Avengers. He's sided with the good guys. And they have to stop a major threat um, that probably has to do with uh, the Dark Avengers or whatever. I thought maybe Abomination from the Hulk movie. Okay, nice. Um, I don't know. So there's a big thing. He ends up helping the Avengers. He goes with the good to- with the good side. Um, at the end of the movie, they finish the the big battles over. You see Wolverine. You see like Nick Fury. You probably see uh, the new Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, Nick Fury says something like, uh, good to have you here. I don't know if we can handle our next fight without you. Isn't that right, Professor? And then a young (laughs) Professor X, Mm -hmm. not in the wheelchair yet, walks into the room, fade to black. And that would be our introduction into the X-Men mutants. Okay. 
Okay, that's cool. So you're you're trying to make the movie that like introduces all the X Men and yeah. The, okay. Because I was looking when because you said Daredevil, you were going to do Daredevil, yeah. and I was like, I don't. I'm a big DC guy. I don't really have a bunch of Marvel characters I love. Like I like Spider Man and Daredevil, and and I was like, but I can't do Spider Man. I mean, yeah. how am I going to write a better movie than the one that just came out? And then I was like, I want to do Wolverine. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like getting into like just like the feedback portion. I do like what 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 is it about Wolverine that's like because uh one one thing I immediately think about is Wolverine is like notoriously like kind of a loner person. Yeah. It, it it takes like a very special relationship with Professor X to like get him in the x-men yeah like how, how how do you how do you see like him like joining the avengers plays that uh, i feel like it, it had to be a a situational thing you know what i mean like he's mm-hmm. got his memories back yeah. so he remembers everything so i think it has to play on it was a situation where it's like he's not choosing to be a part of the avengers he's just siding with that team okay because he realizes the bigger threat okay like i said mine wasn't as well thought out as yours <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent most of my time working on fanfare oh uh, yeah <laughs> you do you have some great moments though i like i really like exploring his immortality like that's yeah. that's a cool aspect of his character i thought about doing it all in the civil war yeah but then i was like then we can't have fun new people like uh-huh. like captain america yeah how does he like he doesn't know he's wolverine after getting shot yeah but he is like immortal. So does he just think like he's a guy that lives forever? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what it's like in the comics and in the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movies. Have you seen all the Wolverine movies? Like the Fox ones? I have. It's been a while for some of them. Yeah. He just spends like a big chunk of his life where he's like, there's, he knows that there's something wrong with him. Like obviously he has the claws and stuff, but he just doesn't know anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess what I would, what I would say is like, what is, figure out like what what the big overall threat is yeah that probably would be a big <laughs> big help to the plot <laughs> yeah which i mean i mean the, the best thing about the the marvel stuff is there's like 50 years of comics you could like yeah. just pull out your favorite thing yeah because you don't want it to be too big of a threat yeah but you it has to be big enough for him to to want to fight some of the and you don't want to repeat what's already been done, which is also another thing. Because I was like, well, I could do this villain. But I was like, they did a whole movie on that yeah, in the Fox movies. So I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, do you, do you have any, any questions, any thoughts about the Daredevil? Okay, yeah, the Daredevil one. Man, yours was so well thought out. It has like a theme and it has multiple, multiple villains. I always, I always have to start with theme. Like that's a, I didn't know how in depth we were going for this. That's true. I mean, we're figuring this out. Yeah, we're figuring it out. I, I I might've gone too long too. Like I'm looking at the, I thought that I overdid it with my, what I brought. (laughs) Like I was like, well, I wrote a whole opening scene, (laughs) but no, no, you, you overdid it. Uh, so yeah, you have theme, you have great subplot and plot. <laughs> uh, you have great villains. Uh, you've thought out everything and continuity, like with everything else. Man, yours is really good. I don't even know if I have any notes. Oh no. <laughs> um, I would say action-wise, mm-hmm. do you have like... Is there enough action? Because when most people that go and see a Marvel movie, they want it to be mostly action. People like us prefer yeah. like actual like story and yeah. stuff like that. Is there enough action in there to to subdue a, a diehard Marvel fan? Yeah. So I picture first act, the world's kind of in pandemonium. And Daredevil's always that guy that like, you know, he's the street level hero. Mm-hmm. So he deals with a lot of petty crime. I read that uh, one of the main authors of one of the main Daredevil series, he wrote it after like getting mugged two times in New York City. And he was like, I wish there was, I wish there was dude a dude that would guy him that... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, him and Spider-Man are on mugger duty. Yeah, so that's him in the first act. And then okay. I envision just like 
the midpoint and like some smaller scenes beyond that just being like the bullseye and the doctor fear people just trying to track down daredevil at night before they know who he is and then you have the big climax scene a lot of henchmen yeah getting beat up yeah i picture like i want i want the mr fear guy to be like the main leader of that but then you also you have a bunch of henchmen you maybe have bullseye just mm-hmm. kind of doing his thing and then i really want a ruddy joke of like stilt man is just oh there. <laughs> yeah stilt man would be great and if man dreamcast i want like zach fox i want him to bring the hannibal burris energy and be like no nah, i yeah. swear the, the the stilts stilts gonna work stilts are gonna be solid man yeah. hey <laughs> yeah that, so yeah that would probably just be because you you have such uh well thought out like you know what is matt murdoch's going through mm-hmm. his girlfriend's going through everybody has reason behind everything and that's all well thought out yeah. it's just uh making sure you have good action scenes yeah is, is yeah and meanwhile i think i think you have great action scenes i think you have great moments <laughs> yeah what 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 do you think is like logan as a character going through like being well like first of all like oh crap i just remembered like who i am and then second of all like while going on with the identity crisis being pulled like two different directions yeah so he's and and again it's one of those things where it's like how do you tell the story again when they he had like four or five movies yeah just for him practically yeah. so it's the kind of thing is like at the beginning he knows what he is he's a mercenary mm-hmm. he kills people but when he loses his memory and he spends like this large chunk, like, let's see, how many years is that? World War II to present day. It's like 80 plus yeah. years. He lives in a small town. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't have any memories. He thinks that he's just a freak. He has to, so he keeps completely to himself. In the comics and also in some of the old movies, he has like a wife that dies. Mm-hmm. And that would, that's what really triggers him. But I think um, the idea of him being in hiding and and thinking he's a freak and not knowing who he is and then suddenly being woken up and remember everything that he did all of the people he killed that sends him over the edge like it drives him nuts um and then that leads him into kind of going like um berserk kind of going almost like a villain at first like he's not a he's not a hero He's just kind of going crazy, and then now he has the Avengers and the Dark Avengers both trying to pull them into their agendas. He doesn't want to be a part of any agenda, but then a greater threat shows up, and he has to pick sides. And through that battle, he realizes, I'm not a freak. I'm not just a weapon for hire. I can be a hero. And I think that is the overall character arc yeah. for him. I think I think that's really solid, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's about him starting off being really hard hearted and being a loner yeah. then learning to like accept himself for who he is and like actually like begin to see himself as a good guy who could like do good things yeah and that's why at the end professor x shows up and it's a yeah. young professor x okay. so it's like usually when we're introduced to professor x and magneto they're old and we 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 hear about everything that they've done for mutant kind uh-huh. but we are literally in the beginnings yeah. of that like you know the the comics and stuff are based on like racism mm-hmm. and and the Holocaust, like just yep. mass homophobia too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Just just mass genocide of of minorities, yeah, of any kind. And so at the end, there we see Professor X walking in, and then that just means that they're about to start their journey together. Of what are they going to do for mutants to not be uh, murdered or yeah. you know looked down upon in the, in the new MCU world where, where mutants are showing up left and right. Yeah. How do you, do you, do you envision like in your universe, like the mutants have always been around, but they're kind of like in hiding and now like with everything going on, they feel like they can finally like come out or. I think it's going to be a combination of a lot of mutants were made due to the snap. Oh, okay. Okay. I, uh, uh, mutants were uh because i mean if you look in wandavision yeah wandavision created that's true some you know that's actually kind of dope it's like if if the snap like you know it disseminates you and brings you back like maybe your genetic makeup changes a little yeah but that's cool in the comics and stuff it's like the mutant gene 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, in my mind, maybe the snap woke up the mutant gene yeah. that was dormant in a lot of people. Yeah. But also, there were mutants before. Uh-huh. I mean, look at Wanda. Yeah. You know, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. They explained in WandaVision, you know, before she was experimented on, yeah. all they did was they woke up the mutant gene in her. She was already yeah. a mutant. So I think having um, a, a combination of created mutants and then older mutants, like Wolverine, because yeah. he was around in the Civil War with his claws and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's cool. Yeah. Dude, you just need, you need, what, 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 what's, what's that big villain? <laughs> I just need the that, big like, <laughs> villain. That's all I need. Dude, I mean, honestly, like, let's, uh, let's, let's figure this out now. Yeah. Like, let's just, like, what, what's big enough? It, it, it has. How, how, how many Avengers do you picture being in this? Just like, just the, the Falcon in the Winter Soldier level. Okay. You know what I mean? So just new Captain America, Bucky, and like Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I mean? So it's it's not a Avengers level threat, uh-huh. but it's the kind of thing where it's like I feel like it needs to be something that Wolverine has to be in on. So I thought about maybe his brother, uh-huh. Sabretooth, I think is his name. Yes, who has the similar the similar powers and he goes evil, and so I think maybe maybe that. But then I was like, they they already did a whole movie telling that story. Uh, you could you could always do. It's a joke that like every every iteration of Spider Man is about to have this villain and then it doesn't work out. But Craven the Hunter, you know. Well, okay, so I did think of Craven the Hunter because uh-huh. I was like, when I was coming up with where has Wolverine been, I was like, what if Craven had him captured? Yeah. But Craven is a part of the Sony verse. Oh, okay, okay. So he wouldn't really be in the MCU necessarily. Obviously, it can't be Magneto because we're kind of leading into that story. Okay, Razor Fist. I was I was about to okay, say that. Yeah, Razor Fist. Because he's already in there. Yeah, and yeah. it's a, a similar power. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. That works itself out pretty so well. So Razor yeah. Fist. Also, they they set up a villain in Black Widow that hasn't like. What villain did they set up in that? He's like in the jail, like a really big dude. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, oh well. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Razor Fist is cool. Razor yeah, Razor Fist. Fist cool. Or we could yeah. we could even do Taskmaster again. Yeah, because yeah. you know yeah. they can Taskmaster can kind of copy everyone's abilities, but Which maybe is cool. yeah, maybe it's the kind of thing where Taskmaster cannot copy Wolverine's power because it's a genetic thing. Like it's it's not something that can be learned. Yeah, honestly, like one one thing about the MCU is I wish there were more villains like Loki that like turned up more and more instead of like being like a villain of the week like yeah get defeated after one movie. that was a lot of people's issue with black widow was that's one of their favorite villains and then yeah. they just kind of oh i found it black widow sets up uh there's a dude in the jail he shows up as human but he eventually turns into ursa and he's just like a giant human grizzly bear <laughs> that'd be sick yeah either him or, or the him and the saber guy saber. Yeah. both <laughs> razor fist or whatever his name is yeah Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel good. I think now we just got to like get it down to a minute. Like if yep. you you know, if you're in the elevator with Kevin Feige and you're just like, "Yo, I promise I'm not a crazy fan. I made single with fangs. It's cool. <laughs> Listen to my pitch." Like <laughs> Trust me. Yes. We made single with fangs. <laughs> how do, how do, how, do, how do you win Kevin over? How do you win Bob Iger over? <laughs> hey man. All right, cool. We're we're going to take a few minutes to work on our one minute pitches. We're going to give each other each one minute, give our pitch. The video will be up. All right, cool. See you guys in a second. (laughs) If I could pitch any MCU movie, it would be a daredevil movie. I feel like MCU movies have gotten so big. We should bring it back down to a street level hero and really explore like what the average person is going through after the events of these big events of the MCU movies. Because I picture like a rise in misinformation, a general fear and anxiety, and also what would all the alien stuff and giant space wars do for a person of faith? Because Daredevil in his most recent iterations is a Catholic, and I feel like a great place to approach his character would be that he and his rival Kingpin are kind of the same, and that they're both vigilantes and they work outside the law to do what they think is right. 
I think Daredevil believes he's right because of his faith, and that's what grounds him. But after like Thanos and Eternals, his faith is getting shaken, and that could lead him down a dark path, potentially doing what he never does, killing someone. But then maybe he could reconstruct his faith, come out on the other side with the help of Nightcrawler. (laughs) If I was writing a standalone film for the MCU, I would write Wolverine. Starting off with a flashback to World War II where he's fighting alongside Steve Rogers, Captain America. After the Marvel title credit scene, we would flash forward where we would learn that after World War II, he was experimented on where he lost his memory, ending up in a small town, much like in the comics and previous iterations. After being seen on footage having a freakout, there would be a contest between Nick Fury and Madame Hydra, both of them trying to get Wolverine on their side as they're having to fight Taskmaster, not the one from Black Widow, a good one. After all of the fight and everything that happens, Wolverine ends up siding with Nick Fury and joining the Avengers. But really what he's joining is bald young Charles Xavier who rolls in in his wheelchair asking him to be a part of the mutant program to help save mutants. And that was our first episode of Rival Pitches. And now we take it to you, the listeners. It's time to vote on which pitch you like the best. Now, here's how voting is going to work. You're going to head to our Instagram page. That's at writtenbypod on Instagram. Head on over there. We put a post out today, the day this episode dropped on Monday. It has the same graphic as what you see in your podcast player. That's where you're going to vote. You're going to leave a comment on that post with which pitch you like the best. Did you like my pitch the best? Did you like Chase's pitch the best? Which one was the most convincing? Which one do you want to see as a movie the most? Leave a comment with what your vote is. And voting is going to be open for two weeks. So this is Monday. Voting is going to close the following Sunday. So you have until the 23rd of April. And then the next day, when the next Rival Pitch episode drops, we will announce the winner. So... Head on over to the Instagram. We will also be uploading our one-minute pitches as reels. So in case you take some time to decide, those will refresh your memory. Also run those up as well. We got we got all sorts of stuff going on, on that Instagram page that's at written by pod. Make your voice heard. Let us know which one you like the best. Also, any feedback is appreciated in the comments. You can say whatever. Just let us know what you thought of the pitches. We'd love to hear what you think. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we will be back with From the Bowl. We will be reaching back into our bowl, picking a random topic, and writing a short film based on that topic. Hey, if you want to submit story topics that go into that bowl, you can email them to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. You could also email us suggestions for rival pitches. If you want to hear us pitch a genre of movie, a particular franchise, a movie based on a particular real life person or event, you could also email those to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. I'm Robert. Chase is the co-host. Follow me at Robert two underscores Isaac. Chase at Chase Bridges, two underscores. Thank you so much for listening. It's season two. Vote for your favorite rival pitch, and we will be back next week.